This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Luke's a special athlete. He's going to be a special player. You know, we definitely want to save his year, so we have to be smart. I'd love to see him out there doing some things, but we have to be smart in uh, which other games we play him in. Uh, it was funny Saturday, uh, once Adrian was out and Noah went in, they, uh, Mario asked me on the headset if his helmet comes off or something, who are we putting in? And I said Luke without thinking about it, not expecting it to happen. It happened on the next play. So it was unfortunate he was out there, did a good job on his one play, but he's got three more to play this year and we're not gonna play him anymore. Man. That's how every week is. You know, every week is an opportunity to go practice and, and get better in your craft and prepare like, like, like you're the guy. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Head coach Scott Frost there and freshman quarterback Luke McCaffrey on his one snap of action where they gave him the ball and let him run as uh, the helmet came off of Noah Vedrill. And, you know, maybe we'll see Luke McCaffrey for a few plays this week. It's hard to say what the four-game um, plan is for him as, as you look ahead for Luke McCaffrey. But it's time for the mailbag. Husker Online intern Mike Wheeler joining us now. Mike, what's the leadoff question? All right, guys. So we'll start off with Minnesota, uh, Nebraska's opponent this week. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how shocked or not shocked are you that Minnesota has received such little attention in the AP Top 25? I'm not shocked because, I mean, they have the weakest resume of any team. I mean, they played no Power 5 non-conference games, which I think within the Power 5 – there may only be of the 65 Power 5 programs, maybe two or three that do that. And then their their first two conference games were Purdue without Sindelar and, you know, Rod, um, what's his name, uh, Rondell, Rondell Moore. Yep. You know, they both left early in that game. And then they play Lovey Smith when the Illini are pretty much going to, you know, he's a lame duck at this point. So they have had the easiest schedule to me of anybody in the Power 5, and I don't even know if it's close. And they've barely gotten through the, that schedule with five wins. I mean, the competition's been bad. They haven't played all that well. They haven't looked great. Uh, outside of Illinois, that was the only game they actually dominated, and that's a bad Illinois team. So, uh, you know, they're considered the worst 5-0 and team in the country for a reason, so I, I don't think that uh, people are wrong for still needing to see a little bit more from that team before they buy in. Yeah, I mean, anytime you go out there and you almost lose to FCS school, South Dakota State, which, I mean, they're a good team, credit to them, but they had to they had to pull some things out yeah, late. They should have lost. Yeah, by, so they won by a touchdown there. The Georgia Southern, they had to complete like a fourth and 30 to, to get in position to win that game. I mean, we could very well be talking, and, and I think the Fresno State game too. Was, overtime. It was overtime. So, <laughs> I mean, we could very well be talking about a – Two and three. Yeah. And so I'm not – Surprised at all that they haven't been getting uh, more attention. PJ Fleck needs to send the schedule maker, by the way, one an or something. Because, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. their crossovers <laughs> coming up are Maryland and Rutgers. So they got the weakest crossovers of out of Penn probably, State. They have Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers. Yeah, yeah. Their schedule is pretty favorable. All right, guys. So this is kind of a football basketball mix. But what do you guys think happens first? Coach Frost wins ten regular season games, or Coach Ho- or Coach Hoiberg wins twenty. Hmm. I think by next year, Nebraska could win 10 in football. I mean, so, but I think Hoiberg could do it next year, too. I don't think he's going to do it this year. Yeah. I just don't know enough about Nebraska to see how far away they are. And uh, the thing is that you can flip the switch a lot easier in basketball. And with the way that they schedule a lot of the times, you can stockpile some wins. So 20 games isn't necessarily. But 20 conference games now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you can get at least 12, 13 wins in non con if you schedule softly so I don't know I think that I'll probably say 
basketball at this point, but I don't think football is far off from 10 at all. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm right there with you. I feel like – now, it used to be if you were a 20-game winner in basketball, that was – you're a surefire NCAA yeah, team. Nebraska two years ago. Exactly. But now that's not <laughs> that's not so much the case. I, I think um, – you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they won, you know, 20 or, or a couple more than that here in the next year or two. Uh, not this season, but uh, but at the same time, I don't think Nebraska football is all that far off, too, especially uh, with as young as they are. All right, guys, so this past week we have seen some sort of draft type for this Husker team, Lamar Jackson in particular. Uh, so staying on that note, as of today, who can you guys see getting drafted from this Nebraska team? Darian Daniels, Khalil Davis, Lamar Jackson. I mean, those are the three that come to my mind. Nobody on the offense right now unless J.D. Spielman were to declare, and I'm not even sure he'd get drafted right now. Yeah, I would. I mean, Stanley Morgan's not getting drafted. I don't think J.D.'s getting drafted. But those three, I mean, in yeah. Carlos maybe, but Carlos, Khalil, Lamar, and Darian. Yeah. Anybody and I would, else? I would put Khalil over Carlos for sure. Um, I don't see any of those linebackers. I, mean, I don't think Muhammad Barry's getting drafted. I don't drafted, think Muhammad Barry's so. getting drafted. Yeah. I mean, I like Muhammad. He says, I just don't see it. Yep. And I don't think those safeties. Um, Dismuke would be the only other guy. And He's a junior. Oh, he's a junior. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. I thought he was a senior. All right. So, yeah. No. Those are those are the three or four yeah. that I picked. Yeah. Those are the guys right now. Uh, but is Lamar Jackson a first rounder? That like, caught me by like surprise. CBS Depends what he runs. I mean, he's got all the measurables. He does. He has all. He's that the stuff. prototype. Yeah, he is the prototype. And he leads the nation in what pass breakups, and he's like the he's top, top three. three in pass defended interceptions. And yeah, well, I don't know if he's. I know oh, he's, he's got two. There. He's got two picks. Yeah, he's right up there. He's in. He's like a top five guy in in three or four different categories as far as yeah. corners go. So. Um, I think he's deserved like he deserves some of the the hype. I don't know if he's kind of yeah. mid first round guy, but but good for him. I mean, if he keeps it up, then he could very well sneak in there. I yeah. don't know. All right, what do you got next, Mike? All right, guys. So this is going to be kind of going way back here, but who has or who had the greatest turnaround challenge, Bob Devaney or Scott Frost? Uh, I mean, I, if you talk to the historians, Devaney actually inherited a pretty good team. Um, Jennings was a good recruiter. He, I mean, he he left enough talent on the roster that Nebraska went to an Orange Bowl very quickly in Bob Devaney's tenure, and they won the Orange Bowl against Auburn. Um, they went to a bowl game, I believe, in Devaney's first season. So um, I would say Frost. I mean, Frost inherited two four and eight teams with a lot of internal issues and a lot of problems, um, and they didn't have near the talent. Um, you know, where Devaney at least. I mean, he was at an Orange Bowl pretty quickly. Yeah, I'll say Frost as well because the expectations, for one, uh, weren't anything near what Devaney, Devaney had to face compared to what Frost had to face. I mean, Frost was supposed to come in here and instantly change the program in the span of a year, and when it didn't happen, all of a sudden people are calling him Scott Fraud and all this <laughs> stuff. I mean, like, it, it's kind of the, the unreasonable uh, bar that was set for him is nothing like Devaney had to face. And then there's so much parity in college football that, you know, there's just so much more competition. Everybody's good now. There's a lot of good players everywhere. And so I just think that it's, it's a difficult, more difficult task in today's college football than it was when Bob Devaney had it. No, I'll go with Frost and, and really not even think twice about it. I, and I don't know what the turnover was like when Devaney you know, took over, but Frost had to deal with a ton of turnover. Really, this program has kind of been a revolving door for, for a long time as far as 
you know, when you look at recruiting rankings and everything, I mean, <laughs> how many of their top guys have actually exhausted all their eligibility? It's been a long time since they've kind of kept an entire recruiting class intact for the most part. So uh, I, I do think that Frost inherited uh, the bigger turnaround project. Final question, Mike, what do you have? All right, guys. So seeing that we may uh, see the backup quarterback make his first career start uh, this week against Minnesota, uh, what are your guys' favorite backup stories for the Huskers? I mean, there's a lot that you can go off of. Um, there's one for me that just was special because of the context. Um, I thought Riker Fife getting the start on senior day against Maryland and getting the win um, on the day Sam Foltz was honored for his senior day. He was Sam Foltz's quarterback. And, you know, I always felt bad for Riker because that Purdue game, he didn't play very well when he had to go in and play at Purdue. And it just was a bad, you know, people looked at him as not a very good quarterback. And he came back and played a really, really good home game against Maryland. And Brandon Riley, another senior, had a great day. And he was one of Sam Fultz's close friends. Um, so that one for me is, is pretty special. I mean, there's a lot, though, of backups that have started for Nebraska over the last 20-plus years. I'm going to go back to 1994 when Wyoming came to town and Brooke Behringer got the start, and uh, it was a close game. Collapsed his lung. Yeah, and he ended up – I think he scored a couple touchdowns. He played with a collapsed lung and just basically willed that thing through a, a dogfight of a, of a game. And I was sitting in the Wyoming section because my dad – He's from Wyoming. He knew some people that got us tickets through the Wyoming sec ticket, whatever. And there's some like old cowboys, like smoking cigars in their trench coats and like ranch cowboy hats. <laughs> like the guys had to, the staff had to come, the stadium staff had to come tell them <laughs> to put their cigars out. Anyway, so that one will always stick in my memory, especially with how gutsy Brooke Behringer was. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the all time best one. Um, Not Terman? Well, I mean, just Monte Cristo? Yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> Cristo started against they Texas. Went on, they went on to to win you know win it all I don't know I mean it's it's got to be right up there but um how about Joe Gans taking over for for uh Keller you um go. you know and, and that kind of I mean he went on to to in his short time as a starter went on to to put up some pretty crazy numbers made you question the decision at that point oh yeah why Gans wasn't starting but lots of memories you got Monte Cristo Ron Kellogg started games as a backup Tommy Armstrong came in as a backup for Taylor and he how won Divine uh who's that Divine Divine a Zigbo. Well, we're talking quarterbacks, right? Oh, I just was saying just backups, you know, for any oh, anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were just talking quarterbacks oh, okay. here because we were on the with the situation. Um, I mean, heck, running back's a hard one, but quarterback is so defined when yeah. you're the backup. Um, you know, and, and it's it's rare, but it happens. But lots of memories. We come back. We'll talk some recruiting with Nate Klaus. It's been a busy week with two new commits. We'll close the show with that next. You're listening to your Last Car Line show.